All right. All right, everyone, take your seats. Today we're going to be discussing what is holding you back. Take your seats, please. Thank you. This is the Change Academy podcast, a show where we explore what it takes to create a healthy mindset, sustainable habits, and to create the life you want to live. I'm Brock Armstrong. And I'm Monica Reinagle. Thanks for joining us. You know, some of our goals or objectives are complex. They require us to master a whole range of different skills, and you'll probably be naturally stronger in some areas than others. And sometimes in order to reach those goals, we will need to tackle things that are challenging to us. But it's not just about forcing yourself to work on the things that are hard for you. In this episode, we want to focus on identifying those areas where you need more support and then seeking out resources that can help. Right. I'm thinking of this episode as assess and conquer. <laughs> I like it. I would have uh, thrown something in there about doing the things you suck at. <laughs> Right. I actually heard a neuroscientist once say that in order to keep that, um, what do they call it, neuroplasticity or that flexibility in your brain, you need to focus on the things that you suck at. And I thought that was a perfect way to put it. A little crass, but but it makes sense. Absolutely. But we can make our lives a lot easier by really prioritizing getting good support in those areas so that we're not just... Just bashing our heads against the wall. Exactly. Well, before we get further into that topic, uh, we always love to share what folks are working on. And we got this fabulous message from one of our audience members, Barb. And she wrote on our Facebook page, I wanted to tell you how much I have enjoyed Change Academy. Thank you, Barb. (laughs) All my life, I have thought faster is better. I was always hurrying here and there, rushing through chores. And between the boredom of being housebound this last year and Mm. some increasing stiffness from arthritis, I have had to slow down. But wonder of wonders, it has opened a new world of patience while I'm trying to learn new things, not the least of which has been better eating habits. Mm. Your recent episode about positive illusions was the capper. Learning can be hard, yet we expect our kids to do it. And that bicycle example is excellent. When it all clicks, it's such a joy. So keep up the good work. Yeah, Nice. Keep up the good work, you, Barb. All right. You know what? It is definitely possible to make progress. By really focusing on the stuff that we're already good at and basically becoming experts at those things. But this is not necessarily an either or kind of situation. As we talked about in uh, episode, oh, I can't remember what number it was, but it was called Should You Focus on Your Strengths or Weaknesses? We examined how focusing on our strengths can actually allow us to achieve more in a limited arena, albeit than we can if we're focusing on being good at everything. Of course, we can't. None of us can be good at everything. We can try. But (laughs) at the same time, as I said before, sometimes the stuff that we're working on is not a simple thing that only requires one narrow skill set. It requires competence in a number of different realms. Mm -hmm. For example, if you want to be successful in business, well, you're going to need to be good with numbers and with money and good with planning and time management, but you're also going to need to be good with people, whether those are your employees or your customers, good with logistics. You have a lot of different disparate skills Mm -hmm. that you would have to be good at in order to be successful in business. Yeah. Now I'm thinking that some people listening might say, oh yeah, but I'll just outsource the stuff that you're not good at. And some people will, will argue that, you know, only do the stuff you love and hire somebody else to do all the rest. 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, uh, some validity and some value in hiring people who are better than you at certain kinds of tasks, but but that's not always going to necessarily strengthen us or make us more competent or better at it. And and sometimes we can actually not hire the right person because of our lack of understanding around a thing. Like if you, let's say, don't understand finances at all, how do you know how to get a good financial advisor? Exactly. I actually think that there's a lot to be said for really understanding how something is done before you hire someone to do it for you. I think if nothing else, it makes you a better manager. But, you know, a couple of years ago, I had gotten to the point where I felt like I needed to hire somebody to help me with the accounting and bookkeeping in my business. It had just gotten mm-hmm. a little bit too complicated for me. And when I went looking around, I found a firm and they offered two different packages. And one was a done for you package where they just do it all. They just take care of everything. And then there was another one that was a little bit less expensive called done with you where they kind of partner with you and and you do some and they do some. And I went with the done with you program really for financial reasons. The uh, Mm. done for you package was just really expensive, but I'm so glad that I did because I have in working with this company, I've learned so much about bookkeeping and business finance and profit and loss statements. And I have so much better understanding of the financial fundamentals of my business then if I had just hired them to do it for me, I'd still be completely dependent on them to tell me how it's going. So I do think that there's some value in digging in and and partnering with somebody, getting some support and some instruction in something that you you aren't terribly skilled at. Right. There's that old adage of teach a person to fish and what they feed themselves forever, give a person a fish. I think I got it backwards, but you know the old <laughs> adage. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of validity to that, but you can uh, you can really get a lot farther and continue to succeed if you really just learn even the basics. So you don't have to become an expert and, and change your... Well, you didn't eventually become uh, uh, an accountant. At the right, end. I'm you not just, a CPA, but exactly. I can read a balance sheet. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's not possible to hire somebody to do something for you. So, you know, if my goal is to compete in a triathlon, well, I'm never going to compete in a triathlon, (laughs) but maybe my goal would be to complete a triathlon. Well, I'm kind of a weak swimmer, but I can't hire somebody else to swim for me, right? I'm going to have to hire me. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to swim for you. Yeah, but then I won't get my ribbon or my medal or my cookie or whatever you get when you finish a triathlon. All three sometimes. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I could definitely teach you or help you to understand where your weaknesses are in your swimming, but I, yeah, I can't jump into the race and swim for you. But okay, so a great way to actually accelerate our progress is to pick the area where we are weak, say swimming, and then we dedicate time on improving that specific area. Yeah, and I would definitely need to hire somebody to help me improve my swimming. So if you're available coach, you've got the job. (laughs) But you know, another example, um, we found uh, in our way less program that successful weight maintenance, long term successful weight maintenance actually requires a whole range of different types of skills. Wait, what? I'm shocked. (laughs) Absolutely shocked. It's not just about eating yeah, 100 grams of protein a day. No, it actually involves things like um, being able to plan, um, learning how to control our impulses, also being flexible when, you know, things don't go according to plan, 
working on positive self-talk. Mm. We have a lot of people that struggle with real negativity or mm-hmm. even just the ability to set and maintain boundaries. Like if you're going to do this as a long-term project, you're going to have to basically tackle all of those different areas. And thinking a little bit about what those skills are that are required to meet whatever objective you're working on and which ones are the most challenging for you can help you be more strategic about what resources you seek out. So I'm not going to hire a running coach to teach me how to swim. (laughs) And, you know, in the weight loss example, if you're, if planning comes very naturally for you, if you're just a natural planner, but at the same time, you're super rigid, then you can buy all the planning programs in the world. It's not going to help you as much as maybe investing some time in a program that addresses your all or nothing thinking. You know, the thing that I like about that example in particular is that often we think that we're choosing to to ignore something that we, like I said before, like something that we suck at. But in this case, I think people are often not even aware of the all or nothing kind of thinking. So mm. it can really be either or kind of situation here. You might be well aware that you're not a good planner, for example, and you're just ignoring that fact and just sort of hoping that it's someday going to become easier for you or that you won't have to deal with it. But then there are the other things like being an all or nothing thinker, which you really, you need to shine that flashlight on it in order to become aware of it in the first place in order to know that you need to work on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's amazing to me, even in myself, but certainly in the people that we work with, how uh, invisible our thoughts often are to us, mm-hmm. especially thoughts that are having a huge impact on our decisions and our behaviors and our results, and yet they are completely invisible to us. So yeah, shining the spotlight on that. And one tool that we really want to focus on in this episode is the tool of an assessment Mm -hmm. that can help you identify where exactly you need more support or more structure or more instruction. Um, And this is often found in the form of an assessment or a quiz even. Now, I want (laughs) to, quizzes are everywhere. You'll find them online. (laughs) A lot of people are using them. So we want to be looking for quizzes from or assessments from reputable sources um, that aren't just trying to you know, get your email address and sell you something. But there are a lot of really good assessments. And in fact, we've collected a whole series of them. And we're going to put the links to all of these in the show notes so that you can maybe have some fun with this or zero right in on something that you're working on. So I mentioned earlier that um, all the different skills associated with successful weight management, and because that's so integral and important to the people that we work with, we have recently put together an assessment Um, that you can take that measures your capacity in six different categories that are associated with successful long-term weight management. And that could help you figure out where you want to focus, what kind of support would be the most helpful for you to in moving towards that goal. Um, So you can find that on our website at wayless.life slash quiz. I think a lot of people who are listening to this podcast right now won't be terribly surprised that it's amazing how most of those six categories actually translate to so many other parts of our life. It's not yeah. just about weight management. Like so many of the things are could apply to your finances, could apply to, I don't know, drinking, could apply to fitness, could apply to all kinds of things, basically just allowing you to make progress on your goals. Yeah, I, I do think it crosses over to just sort of healthy habits, right. skills associated with maintaining a healthy lifestyle. 
And there's also assessments that can show you what aspect of your strength and fitness need work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the functional movement screening test that's been sort of developed and refined over time. I I wrote an article all about it, and and I generally run everybody through the first thing mm. I do when I when I get hired as a coach for somebody is to get them to do that functional movement screening test, film themselves doing it and send it to me so I can have an idea exactly where I need to start because I'm not going to if they can already jump really high, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on something else. Right. So we'll put a link to Brock's uh, functional movement screening test in there. And, you know, I think the reason people love to do these is because we all like to find out things about ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something very appealing about getting your score. (laughs) Which Kardashian am I? Uh, Right. (laughs) Which Disney princess? Like seriously, those are so popular. It's got to be some primal instinct that we just want to compare ourselves against other things all the time. But if we can actually change that into something meaningful in our lives yeah. instead of Disney princess and actually learn something from it that we can then take action on, it's just so much more powerful, of course. Absolutely. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the sort of thing that started it all. And that was the little assessment that I put together years and years ago called the Nutrition GPA, which allows you to evaluate your eating habits kind of on a daily basis. That's the Nutrition GPA app. And just so everybody knows out there, I actually put this one in the show notes. It's not Monica blowing her own horn. (laughs) (laughs) I am a huge fan of the Nutrition GPA. It really made things so much more simple for me as a human, but also me as a a coach to be able to just sort of pass them, pass my clients this simple, easy thing to be able to assess how their nutrition is actually going. (laughs) Well, and thanks for putting it in there, Brock. Um, I had omitted it, but... We're also just not here to talk about the stuff that we've developed. We found some great ones that you can assess your entrepreneurial and business skills or Mm -hmm. your communication skills or your leadership skills. And so if you want to have some fun taking some assessments, um, you'll find links to all of those on the show notes. And of course, those are at changeacademypodcast.com. Right. But... Keep in mind that we're not necessarily suggesting that you just completely abandon the areas that you are feeling really comfortable with and really confident with and are are already good at. In fact, I think that it can actually be a really nice reward or a, a reinforcement to practice one of our strengths and make yourself feel kind of good about yourself again after you've done one of these things that's a little more challenging for you or that you kind of suck at. Yeah. And I I think, you know, it it helps keep you moving towards your goal, especially if the progress that you're making in your whatever your weak zone is, it may be a little bit slow at first and a little bit hard to see. And so being able to have that other reinforcement of, you know, positive movement in another area, just kind of, it's motivating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd do exactly that if I was actually coaching Monica for a triathlon. I wouldn't just throw her in the pool and then leave her alone feeling bad about how how her swimming has so far to go. I'd maybe cheer her up at the end of a week or at the end of a workout by putting her on a treadmill because I know she's a good runner or something like that. You know, I actually found a study. You could cheer me up by taking me out for ice cream. (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) okay. All right. True. (laughs) Not necessarily as productive, but Anyway, I found a, a, a study a while ago while I was researching actually for a previous podcast of mine called Workplace Hero that um, behavioral scientists actually discovered that one of the most effective ways to create an enjoyable experience is to stack the most painful parts of an experience early in the process. So 
I guess not even not really surprisingly, psychologically, we prefer experiences that improve over time. So it's better to get the annoying parts to happen early in that that experience, and then we kind of get a little more happy and a little more comfortable and a little bit a uh, little bit easier as the as the task goes on. And maybe it doesn't necessarily involve ice cream, but I like to think <laughs> of it as being like a, a dessert task. So maybe getting Monica to go on the treadmill at the end would be the dessert at the end of her little bit more challenging swim workout. Right. Right. Yeah, I think I've read similar studies that, you know, our impression or our memory of a challenging experience is really colored by how it ends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no matter how it starts, how rocky it is at the beginning, if it if it ends well, then our entire memory of that experience is more positive. And that would make us more, more willing to repeat it, I guess. Yeah. And this is really we're just focusing on now once you've done the assessment, you've found the resources that you need, you've you've hired the the financial planner to help you really understand what you're supposed to be doing. Then sort of now we're talking about the implementation where if you're if you're feeling like you're not feeling quite as motivated to do the work because it is on a aspect of things that are that you do kind of suck at it's uh this might be a little bit make it a little bit easier to keep pressing through and don't forget you know progress itself is such a powerful motivator yeah um and closing that gap between our you know our sort of weakest skill and where we want to be it can really be a powerful way to make progress towards our goal and you know when that goal starts to feel attainable or within reach I think we're suddenly much more willing to work on it and even more willing to endure some discomfort because mm-hmm. because our eyes are on the prize. But I think there's also a lot of satisfaction in overcoming a weakness. So when I do complete that triathlon, I can promise you that the swimming leg is not going to be the most impressive one in terms of the time it takes me to finish it or how I look while I'm doing it. But honestly, I think that would be the part that I would be proudest of having accomplished because it would be such a reach for me. Actually, and coincidentally, the swimming portion of the triathlon is actually the first thing. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so you'd get that over with and then all you'd remember kind of is like maybe the end of the run and the and part of the bike ride. Right. But that's neither here nor there, but I think this really actually going back to our the the example of a child learning to to ride a bike, you don't have to look any further than how big their grin is mm. when they realize that they're riding the bike without your hand on the seat or without the training wheels and the beaming smiles and the giggles is uh that's just evidence enough that when we do overcome those weaknesses it really really is satisfying right but sometimes we need a little help yep yeah we need that hand on the on the seat so okay what have we talked about so far First, we can make decent progress by perfecting the things that we are already pretty good at. There's no denying that. But because some projects or goals require us to master a variety of skills or competencies in order to succeed, working on areas where we are the weakest is often essential. And knowing where we need more support and help can actually help us prioritize what types of resources that we need to look for and, of course, use. And finally, using a quiz or a test can help us uncover our weaknesses, which may have otherwise been hidden or maybe even ignored. 
And a final bonus tip, I'm getting good at these bonus tips, is purposely focusing on uncomfortable areas can be made a little more rewarding if you finish it off with a nice dessert task. (laughs) I think I've coined a new term. A dessert task, yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. I think. (laughs) Okay, so our lab experiment is very straightforward, and I don't think it's going to be any surprise to you. So step one, whatever your goal or your objective Take some time to research or identify the skills required to reach that goal. Mm -hmm. And then assess your current capacities. What's your weakest link? And you might want to head over to the website and take one of the handful of fun assessments that we've collected for you there at changeacademypodcast.com. Step three, take a minute and consider whether there's something that you can or should outsource. Mm -hmm. But if not... Your final step is to seek out resources that are going to help you build your skill and your comfort in that area. And then the bonus step, followed up with a dessert task. (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth because, yeah, we actually have to do the work still. Once we've done all that other stuff, we have to do the work and rewarding ourselves is a good feeling. And you can also reward yourself by checking out our awesome social media channels. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at changeacpod, that's changeacpod, and leave us a note or leave us a comment, or of course, let us know how the lab experiment goes. We always love to hear about that. Okay, everybody, that's all we have for you. Get out there and assess and conquer. Nice. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. And don't forget to go to wayless.life slash quiz. This has been the Change Academy Podcast.